Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going? We're bringing the energy today because today is an exciting episode. Yep, good to be here, <laughs> Shay. Happy, happy as always. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't get to talk about lore as much as we would like to, maybe on the show, uh, just because... It can be spaced out, and we want it to kind of be condensed into a, a holistic episode. But this is something that we both care a lot about, always excited to talk about, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, we get to do it once a season, except for the occasional season where we don't, I guess, now. But we're talking about the Season 12 quest, which is now called Episodes, so the Season 12 episode. Uh, before we do that, though, if you want a question answered, ask it on our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can join our Discord via the link in the description. We can't promise that there are any more spots available for mm -hmm. our tournament on january 28th but if you're interested definitely check out uh, our discord we have a place where we have the amount of spots remaining so if you're like hey i want to sign up but i don't want to miss out like go on patreon and sign up and then there's no more spots check out the discord first see if there's any more spots available and then make your final decision but we're really excited. There was a lot more support than we were expecting. So hooray for that. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. And as Henry said, more support than we were expecting. So uh, I can pretty confidently say this won't be the last uh, at this point. I think we will want to try and keep doing stuff like this going into the future. It'll be really exciting and we're looking forward to it. Let's dive into the heat of the topic today, though, and talk about the quest or the episode from this season. I'm going to do that so many times I can already feel it. So I love lore, and it's one of the things for me that separates Apex Legends from a tons of other games out there. The continued story of all these characters is something that keeps me really engaged, and I love hearing whatever the new Legends lore is and kind of talking about how that's going to work into the current storylines we're, we're going with. So the quests are something we always truly do look forward to in terms of learning more about that lore, seeing the dialogue between the characters. It is not for everyone, 100%, but I think if you're a fan of the game and you dive into this stuff, um, you are going to start to enjoy the universe in a way that you, you may not have prior, and that's what I really do like about the lore and quest, though. We try to get each and every season, I would hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I think most players are experiencing lore the most, probably in the launch trailers. And yeah. as weird as that is, I think that's probably true. It's the most kind of direct pathway you have to understand the personalities of the legends and the best part about that is almost every single launch trailer has a major focus on Mirage. So yep. everybody knows who Mirage is, his personality, and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of weaving together a larger story that explains why are all the legends here, where are they, what are they doing, is something that we think is quite fascinating. And traditionally through quests that's really how we've gotten a lot of those answers and through mm -hmm. the quests things have rippled out into social media to finish mm -hmm. stories into in-game voice lines so it's kind of the starting place for a lot of the lore in this game so 
it's pretty exciting to take a look at really what is the source material for a lot of the things that you experience in things outside of the game or outside Mm -hmm. of the quest or the episodes. It's really interesting and not to give too much away, but uh, we used to have that pretty confident cadence of, okay, you know, trailer drops, we get some lore, okay, stories from the Outland, let's focus on someone, expand on that specifically, some origin, or we've had them for a while and we learn a lot more about them. And then, okay, we get the quest that fills in some story of what we were going on. Quest answers a lot of questions, but then everything is wrapped up on Twitter, essentially. Like that was the cadence we'd been working with. And we're pivoting away from that this season in multiple reasons with this quest and with the stories from the Outlands kind of leaving us with questions as a little bit of a spoiler here. But because of that, I think we can talk about at the end of this, what we think the future is of lore and story and apex because i think that's going to be something to really monitor going into the future but let's start it off by talking about some background for this quest uh particularly and this was a one that i think got a bit of hype because one there was no quest season 10 so obviously there was kind of this expectation that hey maybe we were getting something special people didn't even know if we were getting something though this season so when it was announced there was an expectation you had titanfall fans coming in seeing ash how much history are we going to get of that universe incorporated into the quest kind of thing um and really really strong teasers with the introduction of ash particularly and seeing the horizon ash confrontation that has been built up for a really long time since horizon was introduced into the game uh and then yeah on top of that this was another quest that has no playable or in-game story this season which i think that's going to be kind of more towards the norm it seems like we're shifting to going forward but also pivoting away from the comics and going back to the line by line dialogue essentially which is kind of an interesting thing as well yeah it's definitely a big change up it wasn't really the direction that we predicted i kind of liked the comics even though we got less actual dialogue or content um just because it was a little more enjoyable to follow we got to see some interesting art um but like i just said the upside is you get more lines of dialogue at least in theory um the first time we had a uh, quest that was in that style we certainly did i don't actually believe this season we kind of got that big payout of just Mm -hmm. having more volume of lines more dialogue yeah um but the other thing going into this season and the lore is last season was weird very very weird in terms of no readable uh major quest and then more than halfway into the season, having Bloodhounds, semi-playable, quest, riddle, in-game, was a really cool thing to explore. Um, I don't know if it really landed as well as maybe they'd like. And when it was happening, we did a full episode on it, and we questioned, how could this be replicated? You know, what other legends can shoulder something like this that makes sense in the map that we're on or what we're doing and their abilities um and is it okay to disrupt the flow of a br uh for lore Mm -hmm. not saying a repeat of it this season probably answers our questions um but we are back to some sort of readable quest Mm -hmm. which is probably good 
Yeah, it's going to be, it's something I liked personally. I, I do enjoy the comics as well, but a big, I, I did love like the OG quest where every character had dialogue and we expanded on every single story. That was crazy. That's not what we got this time around, but maybe that's what we'll build towards in the future. Uh, but for today's episode, essentially, we're going to go through chapter by chapter, kind of give a, a little bit of a summary uh, and talk about our overall thoughts. So if you haven't, you know, read the quest, or you will still be able to have a good time listening to this episode, kind of get the summary of what was going on. Uh, but if you've already read it at the same time, you'll be able to kind of hear our thoughts on it as well. So hopefully there's something for everyone in this episode. Uh, you want to start us off and hit with uh, chapter one? episode one chapter one <laughs> totally so this episode quest is titled trouble in paradise so the little mm -hmm. bit of the background that we got is ash has regained old memories that draw her to an important piece of her past horizon finds a clue to her son's fate but doesn't like where it leads both want something out of reach what will they do to get it teaser <laughs> Very exciting, and this is exactly what Shay was talking about in terms of the conflict between Horizon and Ash, and what is that clash going to look like. Definitely an exciting uh, preface into mm -hmm. what is to come. So with chapter one, it's titled The Two Halves. Horizon and Ash reconnect to discover that Horizon was the old friend, Blisk had warned Ash about, and Horizon mm -hmm. learns that Dr. Ashley Reed and Ash seem to be two different people in one body. It also has come to light that this simulacrum Ash was present at the explosion and knows of Horizon's son. The most interesting element here is that Ash claims that she is taking control in the dual personality struggle that Dr. Reed was actually considerate of Horizon's son, that she was fond of Horizon's son, and that there was a relationship there. This perhaps alludes to the fact that Dr. Reed had multiple personalities before the simulacruming. Maybe kind of a stretch, but this is something that we've seen a lot, and the background leading up to this is that, yes, we kind of know that there are dual personalities, we think we understand them, mm -hmm. um, we initially thought that this was something that happened because of the simulacruming of yeah. Ash, but this line here really kind of stood out to me that maybe that split happened previously, or this was kind of something that uh, Dr. Reed was struggling with before, um, that maybe not all... It's a really interesting building block, though, as the character. Mm -hmm. Like, for her, like, we saw her betray her best friend horizon who she grew yeah. up with and you know teaching her son how to do things like fellow scientists you know so if she has you know, i think dissociative identity disorder is like the term people like to use nowadays leading up into that i think that explains some of maybe the polarizingness of her personality as a person in general but then you also, I think on the flip side, we say, well, how did Horizon not know about this if that was the case? Like, there's some fuzziness there, but it would still be such an interesting aspect to explore. Like, what happens when you put that person in a simulacrum body? Well, we're kind yeah. of finding out, per se. <laughs> yeah, and I think it it makes the most sense. I think it's what they're getting at and that the traumatic event of saving Ash's life through 
simulacruming her probably mm-hmm. expanded on this mental condition. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty logical conclusion. But no meds also, when you're a simulacrum either, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a I robot, don't, you don't get to take your meds. <laughs> the treatment plans definitely narrow down um, in terms of what you can do for that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think it's important to point out uh, to the listeners that Ash is a different kind of simulacrum than Revenant. Mm-hmm. And the major difference is Revenant, as most people know, has many, many, many bodies. And his consciousness, or they call it the source code, is stored in a remote facility so that he can be reborn and just downloaded into a new body. That is not how Ash works at all. Inside of Ash, the robot version, is her human brain. Um, So she's not immortal, maybe like Revenant is. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely harder to get to Revenant than it is to get to Ash for sure. Uh, which is, it's interesting to see how the process of creating a simulacrum evolved over the years, per mm-hmm. se, into uh, a different kind of technology. It is not a one size fits all. So maybe we will see the return of uh, what Jim McCormick Forge someday after his murder by the hands of Revenant, as everyone's pining for. <laughs> Yeah, totally. (laughs) And so to finish out this chapter, Ash and Horizon clash on what information there is on Horizon's sun. And there is kind of a boiling point to this exchange. Ash says, we have both been alive for decades, but only one of us has walked through death to get here. Really intimidating. Pretty dramatic, yeah. Very dramatic. (laughs) But my favorite part is Horizon claps back and says, and only one of us broke the fundamental laws of the bloody universe to get what she wanted. So Ash is very scary. Like everybody knows that. Like coming into the launch trailer, she's a beast. She's like an enhanced pilot. She makes quick work of most legends. To have Horizon stand up to Ash and kind of say, I'm not afraid of you, and I'm kind of- I'm a of, badass, too. I'm a like, badass. Like, you need to check yourself because I'll wreck you. I'm the smartest person alive. I'm the only person that could ever get us here, get myself yes. here. Like, yes. I am the best. And she was like, man, I just- it, We had the interview with Elle Newlands as well, the voice actress for Horizon, and- I just read it perfectly in her voice as well when mm-hmm. I was reading through this and oh, just the bloody, like it, it, it would have sounded so perfect. I was just pining for, to get a voice reading of it from her someday uh, because yeah, that is a sick line. <laughs> totally. Um, with that though, we head into chapter two, the one who walked away. This is a weird one, okay? Because this is when we start to get some of the concerns and question marks about, which I know you were talking about behind the scenes of, how the games actually operate, which was kind of interesting. But Ash Gibraltar and Ash's ex-boyfriend, Pathfinder, are in the games on Olympus all of a sudden and stumble across the rift, which is the very location of Ash's inception. Ash says that she is searching for something. Uh, And look, we got a perfect team here because Gibraltar has the search and rescue background. He kind of notes that. And Pathfinder used to work there. He's an expert. He knows the area better than anyone else. Pathfinder also points out that because they fought here many times and that he's looking for his child, which is a really you know interesting storyline. I hope we continue to expand on someday. Uh, I think you, we started to ask the question of how often are the Apex games, which 
I think is interesting, like talking about the writers have mentioned, you kind of have to set aside your belief for these people that are fighting in a blood sport and killing each other versus actually still having this universe. But now we're getting lore that explores them in the game itself. It gets kind of confusing. How do you settle on where we're currently at with this kind of line of thinking for where we're at? Because I know you and I had very different perspectives of what we thought the Apex games were before we kind of talked about this off air. (laughs) Yeah, so coming into it, I had the understanding that the Apex games were a really big deal in this universe and in syndicate space. You know, it is the like athletic entertainment event. And I was under the impression that this was large scale. Like Mm -hmm. this was legends form their teams. They drop in and they have to not only survive, but be the last team standing over a long period of time, potentially months of being in the respective place, whether it's hunger games, very hunger Games style. Mm -hmm. And that every season was a year perhaps in Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you think about a season of the NBA, you got one season per year. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. Um, but this seems to be a little bit of a change to that. But where were mm-hmm. you in terms of the cadence of the games, how often they were fighting? Like, yeah. What about I, it? I had like set aside my disbelief, essentially. Like I hadn't tried to like logically think about it truly. Like I, I just kind of thought about it as like, hey, you know, they fight. It's a pretty quick fight, like how we fight, you know, occasionally it happens. It's on television. And because we have people that theoretically have won multiple times and quite Mm -hmm. often, and we don't see in lore people celebrating birthdays and we don't see the ages of the uh, legends changing on like the website or anything for how old they are. So like in reality, Bangalore has been 46 now for two years and our time playing Apex. And I was, I kind of thought maybe that they would signal that if we were going years years at a time because then you also run into the instance of how long can you keep that up before people kind of like run out of their physical prime totally. as well um so like that's kind of how i thought about it a little bit but i definitely I, I thought it was a quicker cadence like this happens often this is a weird More thing. gladiator style yeah but i i totally get what you are saying as well like it, it does make a ton of sense i think the end point though is just that like well, one, I hope we explore someday. I hope we like get the television show and make some sense of it. But I think the, the, we kind of have to lean back on what the writers have said and just that like these people fight in a blood sport. Oh, but they're still all alive for the lore. And we kind of just have to put our beliefs aside. And so I don't think there's a true wrong answer, essentially. And however you want to think about it, the fight goes in your head. Because for me, I always was like the ring like forces the fight to be quick. And I mm-hmm. remember like in the books reading about how like fights used to take too long. And so they implemented the ring so they could speed thing up because it's a television event. So they want things to be exciting kind of thing. So I always thought it was a fast environment because of that particular. Yeah, I'm on board with that. And it makes sense to me. I think <laughs> the other thing to point out here is that currently chapter two, we're in Olympus with this yeah. team. They've said that they've fought here many times. I think that's kind of interesting, but larger than that, you know, this is the the lore that we're getting this season when we're not on Olympus, you know, yeah. playing. That's the weirdest so part. What does it say about the connection to the lore, to the season, to what we're playing, where the updates are? Um, 
can't really bouncing, say much they're more than bouncing around and traveling a lot at least as as far as we it know seems yeah um but definitely so it, a surprise it is a surprise um i hope we someday get maybe a, a clearer answer on what it looks like but to wrap up chapter two uh pathfinder points ash in the direction of wraith who is searching for information on the imc and watson who's also been going through their databases so Kind of end chapter two. Ash now has an objective on who she can go to to hopefully learn some more about the whatever she is searching for at this time. Very exciting. Then into chapter three, called One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. We start off by learning that today's match is on Storm Point. Weird. Now, how often are the games? <laughs> it, it's really weird to me that they are potentially flying extreme distances to do games at multiple locations yeah, we don't really makes, know how like, close the outlands planets are though to each other really like it's really know. weird yeah and we've also had like rocket ships take us from world's edge to olympus yeah. you know and then dock in olympus so although it does make sense from like a video game perspective that oh well we have map rotations and in one day we can play on multiple maps in the past, that did not, at least in my head, did not translate to the reality that the legends go from one map to the next. And when there's a new map, that's where they are. And there's a reason that they've had to move the games there. But this chapter right here seems to imply that they go to all the planets all the time and are fighting yeah. in the every arena. Major shift to how we understand lore. <laughs> so yes kind of an exciting thing we'll see what happens from here but so this team are on storm point crypto watson and horizon are searching for something near storm catcher watson and crypto use his drone hack to find a computer part they find it and watson exclaims that they need only one more piece to fix their communication unit Ash then tears the reality with her sword. Crypto opens fire, but Ash deflects his shot with ease and holds him at sword point. Ash then says that she isn't here to fight and asks Watson about searching through IMC databases. Watson says it shouldn't be much of a challenge to find out what that she's looking for and that Wraith breaks into old facilities all the time. Wraith's a badass. She just yes. phases through. She just gets in. No problem. But this yeah. was crazy because you see the power of Ash in lore again. You kind of are reminded that she's a pilot. Flex every bullet that is shot at her and all of a sudden the crypto is just at sword point. You know, he's yeah. in trouble. <laughs> he kind of gets wrecked. It's also just she's so aggressive. Like <laughs> she's you, aggressive. You, you phase breach right into two people having a conversation. That's not you how say, you use oh, it. You're like, I'm not trying to fight. Like, all peace here. Ash did not listen to Mastering the Legends because you do not phase no. breach just on people when you're solo. That's that's a bold thing to do. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And she was solo, which is yeah. very weird application. <laughs> um, you're going to have to mind that cooldown next time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's get into Chapter 4, though. Uh, before we do that, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. We have an amazing sponsor today, Give Her. Give Her is the first gift-giving company of its kind. Henry and I both struggle with completing the very often stressful quest of finding that perfect gift for our partners. 
but give her is truly the perfect solution to that. With extensive research and excellent curation, Give Her has gifting figured out, promising to provide the perfect present and indulgent experience for your busy partner. These gifts are truly different from the rest because the core of the gift is an amazing experience that you and your partner get to do together. It's about connection. The gift focuses on what is actually important, making happy memories with your loved one. For the upcoming holiday, Valentine's Day, we are partnering with Give Her so that you can get your partner something special. Over the holidays, we gave our girlfriends their ultimate massage set, and they loved it. Head over to GiveHerGifts.com, G-I-V-H-E-R-G-I-F-T-S.com, GiveHerGifts.com. Use code APEX at checkout for a 10% discount. Give your loved ones a really nice gift. Welcome back. So chapter four, two can play. This is a crazy one. Ash breaks into an IMC facility and really easily discards a handful of old Spectre units with ease. We find out she is searching for a sword. In a database, she discovered the container of the scientists that were working on the energy crisis, and she locates Paquette's container. Inside, she finds the sword with her blood on it. A little creepy, I'll be completely honest. Ash says, Paquette, you used to you used this sword to kill me once. That won't happen again. My human weaknesses have been corrected. Man, pretty freaking intense still at this point. Very. Horizon comes for her, no surprise, and before Ash has a chance to fight her, Dr. Reed fights Ash internally to drop the sword and fall to the ground. And we really see the back and forth verbal struggle between the two and just just internal combat of what we kind of been talking about that's going to be really interesting to kind of look at horizon gets really confused justifiably so and doesn't trust her but reed claims they don't have much time and that ash will be back a little cliffhanger that we get on that one (laughs) very exciting you know this chapter introducing the idea that this whole like story is about Ash finding an old sword, um, mm-hmm. the sword that was used to kind of start this whole simulacruming process and yeah. kill her in the event uh, that it was. And the scientist that did it was the grand or the great grandmother of Watson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love so, how we get all these legend connections. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. But moving right ahead. So chapter five, zero sum game. Lay and Dr. Reed's personality tells Horizon that her son did not die in the explosion. Big news, big reveal. Horizon doesn't really know what to think, but this is Mm -hmm. honestly quite exciting news that perhaps her son did live a full life, even if it was without her. Mm -hmm. But then the personality of Ash returns. Uh, Horizon rushes at Ash with a sword and is quickly disarmed and trapped in an arc snare. No contest, no struggle at all. Uh, Ash destroys the sword that killed her the first time and feels Lei disappear in her head with it. Ash attempts to then execute Horizon with a gun, but (laughs) misses each bullet. Lei, or Dr. Reed, is still in her head protecting Horizon. Dun, dun, dun. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Horizon then points a weapon at Ash, but cannot kill her as she needs information. Information that Ash has absolutely no reason to share. 
So now we have this dichotomy of Horizon needs something from Lei, but Ash is in charge and Ash is doing everything she can to get Lei fully gone and out of her head, but she's still putting up a fight, which circles all the way back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Like, how good of a person was Ashley, 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 before all this stuff happened before she kind of stabbed horizon in the back the first time around, I guess is the question. Cause she seems to still be quite fond of horizon and wanting to help out. Is it because she mm-hmm. feels guilty about what she did or is it because she has always cared about this person? It's, it's really interesting. It is. So then we get into chapter six, one last piece. The chapter is a little bit odd. Instead of getting the internal perspective of Ash, it changes to Watson with very little indication. Um, Watson is working on a lightning rod on Stormpoint, and Ash surprises her, saying she wants to kill Watson to free herself of the weakness that ended her human life with Watson's grandmother killing her. Watson puts up a fight, but it's pretty pointless. Luckily, Watson is shoved into the water, a very long fall. She survives and Ash sees her, but then leaves, which is kind of this interesting thing. But we get essentially the crux of this this chapter and the last is we find out what Ash's mission is. She is trying to get Lei out of her head. How does she do so? By destroying everything from her past, which means any connection, the sword, the like any paquette that has ever lived is, I guess, is going to have to die because they, it reminds Lei too much. But Horizon, obviously, also as well. But Lei is still strong enough to stop that from happening. That's kind of the weird thing that's going on. It's interesting to see what's going to happen in this kind of back and forth between these two internally and how it affects everyone else around the games. Yeah, it's to, to end the story on this is pretty fascinating, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody wants anybody coming at Watson, okay? Yeah, so yeah. That's you better the baby be careful. Of Apex. Mm-hmm. Better be careful. But, you know, if you've been to the Lightning Rod on Storm Point, you'll know that you are on one of the highest points on the map, and it is a fall, long, long, long fall. To the water. There's no fall damage. So Watson did not suffer from any fall (laughs) damage. Good thing. She's completely fine, um, which is great. But this also kind of begs the question of, all right, Ash comes into the game. She wants to kill everybody from her past. Almost everybody in the games has a connection to her past, including her ex-boyfriend, Pathfinder. (laughs) How? is she in the games and who allowed that? Is that something that, you know, Blisk has just said, all right, you got the green light go right ahead Mm -hmm. because it's okay to have villains like caustic as a villain, but Ash seems like she doesn't want to take out the syndicate. She wants to kill legends for real. Yeah. And that's tough. I wonder if that's going to be like compatible with a future storyline, you mm-hmm. know, like that personality of her wanting to destroy everything that connects her to her past, you know, the Gibraltars are connected to that Pathfinders mm-hmm. connected to that. Well, um, there's a lot. It's fascinating because it opens this door for there to be 
we truly haven't had stories wrap up and end that much in Apex. Mm-hmm. It took Pathfinder's quest to really get a big story kind of wrapped up about who Pathfinder's creators were. But say 10 seasons from now, okay? Say 10 seasons from now, we get through all the stories and we get the conclusion of Ash's story and say Lei wins out and she becomes a good guy in the end. She becomes buddy-buddy with Horizon, redeems herself. Does her entire character and voice lines change in Apex because of that? Is she still in the games? Why would she still be in the games? Is there a way for her to get out? Is this how we're going to address the, okay, maybe someday we hit the hard reboot on all the legends or something in some way, shape, or form? Like, maybe we're looking too far into it as well. Like, I think that's totally fair to say lore separate from the game 100%. Like, let's not overly look into it, but I am curious on how much these stories are going to come into play into the future. It's a really good question because any good story has change or a resolution. Mm -hmm. And if we're not getting, you know, personality changes and motivation changes, that doesn't really make a good story. So if you care about the lore, you kind of need to have these sort of legend personality changes. So we'll see. I think that it definitely is a optimistic look into the future. Yeah. Wrap us up with the epilogue though. Yeah. So we had a little tiny brief epilogue after this episode called zeros and ones where Ash recruits crypto to help him with something and explains she has no interest in the drama of the syndicate, which he is searching, searching for answers in. So Crypto now is going to help Ash for something that is potentially mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen when Crypto learns that Ash is being mean to Watson because Crypto truly does care about Watson? And that'll be something interesting to monitor. But but these two do make sense as a team up in terms of both needing to find information and both having probably the opposite tools and kits of what the other one has to get that info per se correctly. Totally. So, yeah, I mean... Well, let's wrap it up though. Like, what are your kind of overall thoughts? We are left with so many questions at the end of this episode and not exactly what we were expecting in terms of a story that's been teased for quite a while. And I guess I'm not sure when we're going to learn more about it in the future. Did you feel a sense of disappointment at the end of this uh, episode or quest? I'm I'll call it both all the time now. This it's is bad. not a good name. I can yeah. tell you that. Um, my reaction to this quest is, wow, what a what a waste of time. You know, what was mm-hmm. the point of this? I felt like it was very lackluster, didn't get a lot of answers. The things that we were supposed to be excited about didn't really excite me. Um, so I was disappointed. But I think about what would get me excited, like what sort of quest am I looking for? Yeah. I'm looking for something that incorporates more legends. Like Mm -hmm. number one, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it would be really nice to get Seer into the mix, you know, like we don't really know anything about him. Not in lore at all. Mm -hmm. And that's disappointing. So I want more legends involved, but I also think there is so much potential in what we've already done to continue along this line of uncovering what is the syndicate, 
how does the characteristics of the syndicate unify the legends mm-hmm. to a common goal that either yep. transforms the Apex games or potentially ends them? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's the story that I care about. And Revenant has such an awesome tie to that. And so many legends have a history directly and indirectly with the syndicate from like Fuse being on a, a world that Salvo, really yeah. mm-hmm. has historically not liked the syndicate and now being involved in it all the way to Valk, whose father was an Apex Legends, the predecessor yeah. to the Mercenary Syndicate. So it's like everyone really has something to play into that story. And that's what I want. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need something to be playable. I don't yeah. necessarily need any like thing crazy like that. I just need more legends and I want there to be some sort of plan to unify them for a cause that is maybe it could be against the syndicate, but it could be something in relation to getting answers at least mm-hmm. from the syndicate. It's so interesting because it's like an Avengers-style team-up in lore, essentially. How do we get them all together fighting against a common cause? And I think that would be so exciting. I wonder what happens after that, though. If they, like you kind of said, does this mean the end? Or does this mean a restructure of the games? Like, if you unify all these legends and then the next season you introduce a new legend, well, how do they fit? into kind of the Mm -hmm. scheme of all this stuff like that's the hard thing it's kind of what we've been talking about for a while and kind of floating the idea in the back of our heads of like apex legends 2 you know like it it does make some sense if you're doing it purely from a storytelling standpoint i don't think we're going to get that i don't think that's the direction we'll go but we have so many characters i just want more story in the future like we can wrap up stories i feel so content with how pathfinder story was told and he's probably the only legend i'm at like that where i'm feeling pretty happy about yeah i really know a lot about this character there's still stuff to explore with him but i feel like i kind of concluded something and followed along and it was worth the two years of my life i spent kind of following the story really close (laughs) yeah and that's what it comes down to i think like what makes the long wait worthwhile. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident in my my wants out of Apex lore. I think <laughs> getting answers on the syndicate is something that is very easily obtainable and is a great way to showcase the personalities and the backstories of all the legends. Mostly because the syndicate is a very secretive organization we don't know a whole mm-hmm. lot about, but wields an extreme amount of power over the lives of all the legends. But more importantly, for the player, the mercenary syndicate, syndicate space doesn't really play a major role in the day-to-day lives of the actual player in Apex Legends. So if tomorrow the syndicate did not exist, I don't think that would make the games necessarily stop. I think you could replace it, rename it, have a coup, move worlds, do whatever you need to do, and the game could still carry on whether it's apex legends 2 or not but i think pursuing that as a as a storyline is definitely a resolution that is not gonna ruin the game as it is i think that they can be simultaneous i think well said very well said in terms of telling those stories into the future 
can't talk about lore without hitting the point of I want a TV show. Like it would be so mm-hmm. great. The universe is set up to do it. We have all these stories to tell. Let's tell them in the form of television. We're seeing success with video games telling those stories. Look at Arcane. Um, Apex has a fantastic universe. These legends are amazing. This would be an absolute dream. Maybe, maybe a movie someday as well. I'll go tune in at the box office, try to break some records. Watch out, Marvel. We got Apex on the scene. Um, yeah, I think that's the future. That's the that's the hope and dream. We're seeing success in the gaming industry with it, and uh, I think it would make a lot of players happy. And honestly, like we kind of mentioned, the quests are you know they're fun, they're interesting sometimes, but the trailers and the stories from the outlands are how you get the best story and how you tell the most story. And we learn about these characters the best. So let's continue to build off of that going into the future. Absolutely. I think play up the mainstream lore Mm -hmm. and have the more private lore for the big fans actually be productive. I think that's what we're looking for. Yep. I was going to wrap it up, though. Thank you to our producers of the Third Party 10, as well as our dropship captain, Luke, who support us over on Patreon. Subscribe and Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.